Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me always is James. Yeah. Brad doesn't have a mic, so shut the fuck up, Brad. And wow, he is, actually obeyed. I know. Listen to that, listen to that. What am I going to say? You can't hear a thing. Look, I just can't hear anything. There's nothing going on. It's awesome. Fuck him. What's great about Real Nerds Podcast is we have the opportunity to meet local filmmakers and people who put out cool crap. Today we have... Guests with us, introduce yourselves. Tell us what brings you to Real Nerds Podcast. All right, uh, I am Matt Forcella. I am the creator of a local web series called One Die Short, and it is um, just about role players and their shenanigans. And uh, with me is Palace Forcella, who co-directed the series with Hi. me and also starred in it. Very yep. cool. I'm Palace. Hi. Aloha. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about your project. How did it start? Where you're, what's your inspiration? I'm going to give you like 10 questions right away so you guys can talk and not listen to me talk. Cool. Uh, well, I've been a dungeon master for the majority of my life at this point, over 20 years now. Um, it started out as a webcomic about three years ago now i think and i was doing that for a little while and i just got kind of tired of drawing pictures and i was like well um this would be fun to do as a film so it then ended up turning into we went the web series route um because i just had a lot of material i wanted to work with and so you know the, the ultimate goal is to go through a bunch of seasons but the inspiration was just because i love role-playing games so and you uh you kickstarted it correct Yes. Yeah, we did a Kickstarter last Jul. Was it July? When was it? Palace. <laughs> I, I think it was I July. It, it ended in July. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And we we did we kickstarted it for uh, eighty five hundred, and we made the goal, which was really exciting, and um, uh, it was like a terrifying month, though. <laughs> By the skin of our teeth, we made it on the very last day. So. Yeah. Thanks to Robin Thorson, actually. Yeah, we were. I, at, I thank her totally. We were at we were in L.A. for her birthday, and a guy texted uh, or tweeted at me and Robin and was like, "It was like 3 a.m. because that girl parties." Um, and we were all really <laughs> drunk. We were really drunk, and he's like, "You're probably not going to believe this, but I'll make up the difference of your Kickstarter." And me and Robin are like, "Oh my god, no way!" So you know, we thought it was a joke, of course. But then we wake up and it was we made it. So and we still had about a thousand to go, I think, when we went to bed that night. Yeah, we were wow. twelve hundred short, and it was like twelve hours before the Kickstarter ended. And so I just went. To, I was like lying on the couch, drunk and depressed. And I was just like, <laughs> uh, "We're never gonna do this. <laughs> this is horrible." And like there, there, Palace and Robin are sitting there, all like having fun and excited, and because they're just being drunk and merry. And so I'm just and sitting on the couch fantastic. and I'm like, just go. I just <laughs> want to go to sleep. Everybody just shut up. I hate my life. And and I, I woke up in the morning and looked at my my phone and I was like, holy crap. 
we did it. Now, now, now we have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we held auditions at an um, art gallery called Soulshine. It's a store slash art gallery here in Denver. And um, that's how we met everybody who was basically in our lives for the next six months, in our lives, in our house. And <laughs> yeah, That's incredible. So did the script start in comic form and you segued them into making them film or did are they two separate entities? Uh they're pretty similar. There there are definite differences if you go and read the comic. Um there's going to be a lot of familiarity, you know, with it. The characters are all basically the same. Some of them look a little different because we had some trouble getting minorities in Denver. Surprise there. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? But um, other than that, I mean, the basic story is the same. It's there. We had to pare down some of the in-game stuff because the the show goes back and forth between the gamers' lives and their stuff, and then it goes into the game too. And so the in-game stuff we just kind of cut down because... We wanted it to look good and not feel like horribly cheesy and low budget, and so there were some things we couldn't do and weren't able to do that. Ho- hopefully, we're going to remedy for the se- season two. But other than stuff that was cut out, the main difference is that we really expanded a lot more on the the real life stuff and just think things outside of the realm of the game table. So in the comic, it really is just them playing the game and what happens in that room and then what happens in the game and in the show we kind of go out and learn a little bit more about the characters and their lives and stuff so yeah but there's also a new character um yes yeah, lester and that was just roger norquest he came and auditioned actually for the role of the dm before matt was convinced that you know he should play it which was just everybody else saying you should play the dm because you are a dm um, and he wrote it and it's based on loosely on his life so um but roger is fantastic and lester the character i think will be a fan favorite yeah which and and roger he's a, he's a local stand-up comedian and he's awesome and you should check him out cool it's funny in your in your kickstarter video there you make a specific point to to articulate that the show is not going to kowtow to a lot of the stereotypes that you expect from those kinds of characters. And I think that it, it does a pretty good job of that. Um, was that something that like going into it, you wanted to make sure that you avoided um, like in your, in your life. And as a gamer, uh, have you always felt like nobody you knew really matched what, what other people expect are the stereotypes of a gamer? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Obviously, when you're in the the world of the geek and the gamer, I mean, you're going to come across the stereotypes. Yeah, they, the stereotypes are there for a reason, and they exist. And I mean, you know, I've I've played with people that lived in their mother's basement for you know until they were 35, and are probably still there, and only left the house to play D and D, and only showed up in their bathrobe and slippers because. <laughs> That was, you know, just her thing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, largely the people that I've played with haven't been, you know, that stereotype. And a lot of the people I've played with, honestly, before they played with me, had never even played a role-playing game before. It wasn't yeah. really a part of their life. And, and that was one of the things that was always exciting to me was introducing role-playing to, to new people that just had never experienced that before and kind of, you know, get them, show them something that I love and hopefully they're going to enjoy it too. So, um, 
because of that, I I wanted to to make sure that I highlighted, you know, people that yeah, obviously they're a little nerdy, a little geeky. They're they're not like the mainstream whatever that means. Um but they're not just everyone sitting at the table isn't just this, you know, awkward like right. incapable of socializing. So, well, and the characters are all based around people that Matt's met. They're kind of like amalgamations of like people that he's played with. So, um, you know, like the Rob character, the angry, like I take D and D like really seriously. Role playing's my life. <laughs> like we've played with people like that, and they're like, you know, yeah. I don't particularly prefer to play with people like that because I'm a little more lighthearted. But you know, they're not your typical nerd. They're yeah, angry. <laughs> Any similarities to people living a real are coincidental, though. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, well, our fr- I mean, they're friends. So. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I've known those people. Yeah. When you're doing a show like this, though, it's so um, geared to a specific audience. How do you make it so it's accessible to everybody who can just log on and watch it? And that was, that was the big struggle, you know, and that it was something that... I wanted because, you know, because role playing is something I'm excited about and I want other people other than role players to, to, to know what it is and to, you know, hopefully maybe try it out and experience it. And, you know, it was, it's tough because obviously I want this to be for the gamers too. And like, and, and I want them to enjoy it and, and, and love it. Um, and that was one of the reasons that I decided to kind of expand more upon the, you know, the real life events and kind of go go into more of the kind of day to day stuff and focus more on the relationships and like the DM and his girlfriend and all that kind of stuff, which really got glossed over in the comic because the comic was really just for role players. Like, I mean, that's what I made it for. And when I went into this, I wanted to open up the audience more and i don't i don't know um i don't know how 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 effective it was i mean i'm not really sure no um, i think it's i think there's a lot of elements that are going to be um that are going to appeal to a broader audience while like gamers and nerds in general are going to get all the like little subtle things like you know a minecraft thing in the background and all those kind of egg you know easter eggs but um in general, I mean, it's a story of people and their lives, and everyone can relate to that. So, yeah, it's you, really hard. If you like it, you're gonna like it. It's tough for me to be objective anymore about anything that has <laughs> to do with the show. It's really been hard to watch it now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been there. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's hard because you know there is a balance now. I think where mainstream people expect us nerds to be like the Big Bang Theory. Where Fuck. most people just think it's really obnoxious, um, so it's cool that you can strike a balance in that because you know you never want to alienate the real core crowd. I think you're going after. And I think that's why a web series works mm-hmm. because you don't have to, you know. Well, and I think. Sorry, uh, I'm answering his question. <laughs> I, sorry, I, I feel like one of the things this is the that, James show. that no, no, no. I, I think one of the things that you do well is that you don't. Um, in order to to not alienate that that geek crowd, it doesn't take much. So you know, you, 
those the little things that you can do that you throw out there that you know jokes about min maxing and stuff like that that really only people who've played rpgs understand i don't even know what they, that is right exactly <laughs> like those people hear that and go like oh, okay yeah now you're you're my people so you don't you're not talking down to me um, and that's the difference. That's the difference between a big, 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 a Big Bang Theory because none of the writers on Big Bang Theory know what the fuck min maxing is. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, I have yeah. I have like a personal um, goal of trying to get people that are, have never been introduced to nerdy things into nerdy things. So yeah. like Magic the Gathering, I love playing yeah. Magic the Gathering. So I like in, everyone at work. I'm like, play Magic with me. Play Magic with me. And I actually have a big group now. So yeah, non nerds. Magic yeah, I I, tr- I did um, I did try like consciously to insert as many just little references and stuff like that. Um, you know that that the 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 geeks and the nerds would appreciate. And I think I with some things I probably went a little bit too far, and no one other than like five people even know what I'm referencing. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll probably do contests later. Where how many can you find? So. <laughs> Because also you have to make the show for you too. I yeah. mean, you, you have to ha- have fun while you do it as well. Just can't be for everybody else. Then why would you make it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so much fun. Favorite moment from making the show? Go. Oh my gosh! I love this question because it puts a... them on the spot. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And no one knows how to answer. I I do it to everybody. Um. I don't. Oh man. I don't know. There's, I, I mean, there's a couple of moments that stick out, and they were mostly um, just the random like improvisation that happened around scenes. They were always a lot of fun. Um, just being able, you know, from a creative standpoint, like having written it and sitting there directing it, um, you know, you have this attachment to it because you you made it and. Um, being able to let go of that attachment and let like let one of the actors just kind of do their thing and kind of go crazy with a scene and have fun with it, you know, it's it's freeing in 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 some respect. Just to kind of let go and let that happen, and it's really cool to see what they come up with. Sometimes, I mean, we had there were some pretty funny moments. Um, probably most of them were funnier for us than for the audience, and that's why they didn't end up. Um, in, in the boobs. show, but yeah, penis boobs was a thing for a while, but uh, that's the yeah. I think penis boobs maybe is my favorite moment. <laughs> we, I think we need context for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's when uh, Sam walks in the door and Rob says, well, "Maybe she won't have boobs." And he then I don't know how it happened, but amongst all of the takes, maybe she'll have penis boobs was one of the things that happened and it was for when it happened we were like this is genius penis boobs oh my god and so but we've we been were filming like, for like nine hours we were like we have to get this <laughs> and so we were sitting there probably did like 12 takes because he couldn't say it without cracking up like and laughing hysterically so we were there all night just trying to get him to say penis boobs without laughing and then in the end i was like well uh maybe that's not actually funny <laughs> <laughs> another thing that wasn't funny that we spent a lot of time on that was funny but in the retrospect was when howie is sitting on and howie and rob are waiting for the dm to pick them up to go to comic-con but the dm forgets them it's a flashback scene howie's like shirts or like deep v's hair gel pants whatever i don't know just that 
douchebag. It was another. It was. Yeah. A, it was supposed to point out how douchey he's, he's being and whatever. And I don't know. But it was another one of those scenes where it was it. like fifteen takes later. <laughs> oh, actually, we're not going to use this. Never mind. <laughs> is it weird that I'm trying to picture what penis boobs is? <laughs> yeah. That's Does the, the penis part. just take part of the nipple? I don't know. Um, I, I imagine uh, it the whole boob. Just, just a just like mushroom a, head. Yeah, penis. that is disgusting. Like I, now I have a really bad image in my head. I want to go home. It's like a heavy metal Sorry. magazine where you open it up. And you're like, what the fuck am I reading? Uh, I want to go wash my brain. <laughs> Sorry about that. So what's next for you guys? What, what do we got going on? Uh, well, you know, the main goal right now is uh, really just focus on promotion. Um, you know, hopefully show up at some cons. You know. We were there at uh, Anime Land with you guys, and so we're we're hoping to get going at s- some more cons and just kind of get the word out there and um, hopefully build uh, a big enough audience so that we can get a lot more funding for season two because you know there w- there were so many things with this first season coming into it as first time filmmakers that now I'm like ah oh, I wish we would have done this and I wish I would have known this beforehand and. You know, now that we know all this, um, money can really uh, make season two a lot better if we can get more of it. So that's <laughs> so the big goal right now is marketing promotion. But uh, uh, hopefully, there's another um, project a friend of mine is working on called Thunderlord. Um, this it's like a sci-fi, like space opera, fantasy kind of thing. Um, it's really inspired by like 70s 80s like sword and sorcery b sci-fi stuff yeah so um i'll be i'll be acting in that when when it when that um happens and other than that other than promoting marketing and getting geared up for season two um i'm just gonna try and kind of get out there more into the denver film scene and just kind of lend hands where i can and get involved where i can yeah on the note of what we're gonna buy for season two um our light stands, you guys should have seen it. It was like they're jointed at every possible point they shouldn't be jointed at at the feet. So they were constantly slowly tipping, and we would be like catching them mid. Because they were, they were like the cheapest, best lights we could get. So the lights are excellent, but the stands themselves are like, why does it need to move every single direction, like four-dimensionally? Like, it was just ridiculous. So. Yeah. The, yeah. Those light stands inspired a lot of racism against China. <laughs> so where can we find cool. you? Where can we watch you? Uh, where so- can we contribute? Uh, we are one die short dot com. So one like the number and die is in I'm going to kill you and sh- short like a midget dot com <laughs> midget. <laughs> so um, and all of the uh, all of, all Why are videos are so long. I don't get it. I, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> so they can reach stuff. Um, and then, you know, one die short. We're on YouTube as well. Facebook, Twitter, um, if you if you Google One Die Short, we're pretty much the only thing that comes up, so we're pretty easy to find. Uh, we have s- six episodes in the first season, and uh, we'll still be releasing some extras, outtakes, bloopers, some extended scenes that uh, didn't make the cut. Probably not like penis, penis boobs. boobs. I, don't, I don't think penis no, boobs. It, Is it gonna? Okay, well there. maybe we'll do penis <laughs> boobs. Nice. You have to now. It's on the internet. Penis boobs coined uh, April fourth, twenty fourteen, uh, on 
Real Nerds Podcast. Because <laughs> it was edited out. Penis boobs is going to haunt you. Like it is going to haunt me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out how it works. You're just going to have dreams about, <gasps> like... Does breast milk or ejaculate come out of it? That's what uh, I'm wondering. Uh, <laughs> or both. Uh, oh. Uh, Makes me some sad. for the ladies, some for the men. <laughs> and you can be gay or straight, and it works either way. Uh, With that. That's why it's genius. <laughs> if you've never what listened to it, thanks for stopping here, by, Ryan. guys. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks absolutely. for having us. Yeah. Uh, that, that's cool that uh, you got a Kickstarter funded. Yeah. I don't even know how that works. It was like, here's money. We should go. Veronica we, Mars. Should, we should figure out what we need money for and go ask someone for it. <laughs> totally. Uh, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, when we have guests, it's even better. But uh, we go see a movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Stay tuned to the end of the show and we'll review that. We spoil the movie, so make sure if we say to watch it, you but go see it before before you listen to it. Right. Well, I don't know if you guys listen to our show. We say if you should go see it or not. We play the trailer, then we spoil the hell out of movies. Um, not like immediately. Yeah, well, sometimes you do in your explanation if people should go see it or not. This guy with his ah. five-minute explanations. Hey, James, should people go see the movie? Well, um, if you really like espionage thrillers from 70s, like All the President's Men and the tight David Mamet scripts that I love. I don't know. What else? I do like and Matthew McConaughey's. All right, oh, all right, Matthew all right. Oh. Yeah, see, mid. Do you see Mud yet? No, it's you like son of a, it's like ten. It's on Netflix for free now. <laughs> it's like ten Blu-rays deep in my collection. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. Yeah, every time you see it on Netflix, yeah. you think of me, but you don't watch the fucking movie. Anyway, let's. let's Anyways, move on. we also talk about comic books, um, Blu-rays, DVDs, box office numbers, movie news. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Movies. You have a comic book this week, right, James? Yes. Good. Because I hijacked yours last week. I know. You did. Boom. I don't even remember what I was going to do last week. Man. I got a different one this week. Good. So we'll start the show. I, I don't know what you want to do first, James. What should we do first? Uh, let's get the little stuff out of the way. So, like the st- statistics. Okay. Like the box office. Numbers. Box office numbers? Yeah. This is the box office stats. Here's the box office numbers. The number one movie was Noah last week, guys. Did you go see Noah? By a poop ton. Uh, n- no. No? I, n- I, I was Missed it, not huh? too excited about it. <laughs> yeah, we weren't either because we went and saw Bad Words. <laughs> I, I am still really excited about it. I just haven't seen it yet. Oh, I thought you were going to go see um, it. Mm, guess you're not that excited. I didn't have <laughs> enough time. I saw that people were talking about it on social media and didn't even read their social media. <laughs> It was trending. That's how little I care. <laughs> what did it do? 40... Uh, 43.7. 43.7. Yeah. Bad Words was 2.3 million. Way down there on the list. Yeah, I don't think a lot of theaters had it, so it's kind of unfair yeah. to... I um, wanted to see Sabotage last week, but this guy... Sabotaged, sabotaged it. it. Oh! <laughs> and you know I'm what? Out! Clever. And you know what? They could have used that money. The, All right. Yeah. They only made $7 million this week. Aw. Great. Now, I'm to, now is Arnold going to be another movie? I don't oh, know. Oh, so we went and supported a movie that made like zero dollars, and that was that movie didn't deserve anything? No. It's an independent movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, wow. We go to Box Office Mojo for all our box office stats. 
Woo! This is the stuff that's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD for the week of April 8th. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, the big one is The Hobbit. No, it's not. I'll get it in November when it's the extended edition. Uh, there's a billion versions, but none of them is the right one. <laughs> uh, August Osage County, a title I still don't understand, but I guess I should see that movie. You should. Russell said you should see it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. He um, sent us an email saying, you guys won't ever watch this movie, but you should really watch it. <laughs> he knows I, me too well. I'm I like, Meryl Streep. <laughs> Wing! <laughs> I should watch that movie. Unfortunately, I watched like... I honestly, the idea of watching a movie from last year that I didn't see just kind of turns me off. I watched way too many movies last year. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, speaking of movies from last year, I didn't see Grudge Match. comes out this week. Uh, and Brad Pern- saw that. Yeah. It's his favorite movie of the year. Yep. Uh, he he would uh, he would <laughs> rebut, except that he doesn't have a mic. Yeah. So. Um, I'm here, guys. I'm here. <laughs> no, no, Brad, no. Brad they, is no. Grudge Match a movie we should go see? Uh, yeah, if you're older than us. Uh, i liked it better when it was uh rocky balboa i would see dave franco play de niro in grudge match oh that'd be sweet (laughs) yes that would be really that's a really and zach efron yeah very minute joke from a trailer that yeah no one even knows what i'm talking about but he was great go watch the trailer for neighbors it's a good one yep uh and last thing paranormal activity the marked ones Uh, i didn't realize the poster for that movie was so fucking stupid no, I think that's just the DVD art. Oh, really? I think that's just that the was movie. just the DVD art. Yeah, it might just be oh. the movie. I always <laughs> yeah. wait till the the Paranormals yeah. are free on Netflix, yeah. and every time I watch, my like, God, oh, this is a piece of shit. Why am I watching this? They've seen all four of them. Is there four of them? Yeah, I think there's like seven now. Yeah. He he refused yeah. to watch the fourth one. I watched the I watched it. Well, see, the thing I don't I like love about horror movies. Me, what can I, I do? love horror movies. Yeah, but those movies is their 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 beats are so similar in every movie where it's just a little bit then it's just going to escalate constantly and then in the fourth one i wasn't even creeped out they try to use an xbox connect with all the little dots yeah. right yeah the kids goosed <laughs> i mean half the time you're just staring at a door like waiting for it to open exactly and that's just obnoxious someone like james wan who knows how to direct you know um horror should just do stuff like that the conjuring insidious mm-hmm. sorry i also missed that uh nurse 3d comes out this week for anyone who nice there's lots of boobs in it in 3d yeah that's worth the price of admission in 3d <laughs> like 300 rise of an Penis empire boobs <laughs> it brings a whole new meaning about. to triple d <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that it uh, we uh, broke it we broke the podcast <laughs> 3d penis boobs yeah it's probably stuff we care about like in 3d the penis boobs come at your face <laughs> hey oh <laughs> yes Oh my god! We should kickstart this idea. <laughs> I don't. I think we're gonna. I don't want to. Uh, Bukaki Tears is a really funny song on the new Steel Panther CD. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do you have a Steel Panther CD? Because they're awesome. All right. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, fucking my heart, my heart in, the in the ass. Oh my goodness. Uh, gang bang at the old folks home. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, we'll just keep on reading song titles for the new <laughs> Steel Panther CD. <laughs> How about, how about big <laughs> vagina syndrome? <laughs> how about we have Brad read the titles off it? Off but air. you have to read them. Like, you know how Kevin Smith does "Sexy Kevin" on his podcast. We should read them like, like, uh, oh, pussy whipped. This <laughs> <laughs> <That> is <sounds> good. <laughs> you ready for some BVS? Big vagina syndrome. 
Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, here's some cool news. Did you know if you go to Denver Comic Con right now that we are the featured podcast on Podcast Peak? No shit. Yes. That's We are the only one on Podcast Peak because we're the only one that matters. Whoa. Oh, that's that's mean. Hey, name another one that was there last year. Um, Lawyered. God damn it. (laughs) That's only because I'm selfish. That's not. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, um, Dude. They were also, uh, Denver Comic Con was at the movie tonight, and I was talking to them for a while. They still need a whole bunch more volunteers, so people should go on and and sign up. And, okay, all right, they didn't tell me to say this, and I don't speak for Denver Comic Con, but I also found out. anyways, I don't give a shit. I also found out that, like, last year. This week in Denver Comic Con, (laughs) Real Nerds Podcast has been kicked off Podcast Peak. Last year, like, (laughs) hold on. Last year, like, 700 people signed up to volunteer, and only 400 showed up. So if you sign up to fucking volunteer, dude, fucking shine us, like, show up. They need a thousand people to volunteer this year, which is a lot of people. So, volunteer to be there, go help out, be and a part of something t-shirt. really cool. Yeah, like you get to be. Uh, and there's a chance there. you could walk Bruce Campbell around. Oh my god, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, just do that, and yeah, then and then you know, do what you say you'll do. Yeah. Come on, don't be a dick, pansies. Don't be a penis boob. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a good insertion of the term penis boob. Thanks. <laughs> That's why I'm the talent. <laughs> I, 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 I know what I was doing. I have a degree in English. Um, cool. What are we doing next? Do you want to do news? Sure. It's real news. Uh, David Letterman died. Uh, sorry, retired. <laughs> uh, uh, David He's Letterman's, fucking dead. <laughs> David Letterman's retiring. Yeah, it's totally a it's a totally Yippee! different thing. Um, do you guys watch any late night TV? I like watch those Jimmy guys? Fallon every once in a while. Yeah, that's yeah. about it. I used to really like had uh, and Conan, uh, Craig Daily Ferguson. Show, I like, Stephen Colbert. I like Craig Ferguson, but I don't stay up late enough. S- Stephen Colbert got in trouble because people just latched on to the, his Ching Chong Ding Dong. Uh, character where he plays an asian american and he talks like this but he's been doing it for 10 years and now for some reason it's racist i don't know that's incredibly racist people are incredibly sensitive um no i I really just don't give a shit (laughs) um (laughs) uh it's always sunny in philadelphia got renewed for two more seasons which is great i mean that show has not started dying for me so uh, that's cool. Um, Iron Man and Nova have both showed up in the uh, toys for Guardians of the Galaxy, which means that we might be getting a Nova movie, which is cool. Because they've also like they've planned out movies till twenty twenty eight or some crazy bullshit. Um, Brad doesn't. What's Nova? Uh, yeah. yeah, so Nova's a character that like nobody knows about, nobody cares about. But I don't know. He flies around in space and he's got like cosmic powers. He shoots stuff out of his eyes. Probably. No, I don't know. Doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never read Nova. Obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I haven't. laughs> he, he does fly through space. His power comes from a helmet that he wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then it's got like a star between his eyes. Yeah, with no eye beams. It doesn't yeah. shoot lasers. <laughs> what the fuck kind of power does he have if it doesn't shoot lasers? He's if got he one that, of those he'd be Cyclops. Isn't it one yeah, of those like weird like? Helmets that were all the like rave in the nineties on yeah. the comic book guys that yeah. look like weird like totally boxing is. helmets. Yeah. yeah. Actually yeah, okay. I've I've heard nothing but great things about the, the most recent series and, and people really like that character. I've just never got a chance to read him. So um it, it could be cool. Yeah, he's a he's like a third tier character. That'd be a tough yeah. sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Well, well but they they in, sold Ant Man though. Oh yeah, totally. Um but they sold him to Edgar Wright to like go make a goofy fun movie. Um 
what's interesting is that he is also on uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon show. So they are clearly trying to push that character. I love Joe Kelly. Um, I do. I also love Joe Kelly. That's all I will say about Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and very last thing, Brad, you didn't see the uh, um, the photoshopped pictures of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they photoshopped out their nostrils and made them look more like the traditional turtles. I did see that. Oh my god. Why isn't that the way they look? Because they look fucking badass and fun and more realistic. Because uh, it's being produced by Michael Bay. Ah, son of he a bitch. A shit. I didn't care about this until I saw that. And then I was like, oh my god, why didn't they do it that way? I thought you were going to say the more interesting news of Johnny Knoxville being the voice of Leonardo. I didn't want to depress you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they announced like way late in production that Johnny Knoxville and Tony Shalhoub were going to be voices in that movie. Cause, yeah, the other one being Splinter. Yeah. That's a weird choice. Wait, Tony Shalhoub is Splinter? Both, really. <laughs> it kind of makes sense to me that Johnny Knoxville would be a turtle. But not Leonardo. Yeah. yeah. Has Knoxville done anything but a southern accent ever? <laughs> <laughs> Can he do... I don't know. I don't know what his <laughs> like range is. Leader? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Leonardo's ringer. not retarded. He just kind of is a ninja turtle, <laughs> except not ninja. I could see him voicing ninja. like Raphael, so. maybe. Yeah. 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 It, it it feels very much in the line of like, well, Johnny Knoxville can make jokes about pizza and skateboarding, right? <laughs> That's he, what it sounds he, like they're going for. Yeah. It's more natural. I, I, it's a character actor. Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, I don't know. It's not it's not a thing that suddenly you're like, "Oh. Oh, that's what you're doing." Like, it doesn't suddenly make you understand that like the movie's going to be good. Um, so really I didn't want going to be good. You think it's going to be I good? I don't think it's going to oh, be no, good. Oh, no, 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 no one does. No <laughs> yeah, one does. so, I mean, they might um, as well do whatever the fuck I, they want, I, right? I think that it's going to have giant, like, turtles that run around and blow shit up, and I'm, all right, fine, I'll see that movie, but it's not going to be a yeah. ninja it's not movie. Ninja. Yeah. No. And, and way to go against our motto, where you expect every movie to be good, you're like, oh, I'm not going to hey, like that movie. I just <laughs> said, <laughs> just, just like American Hustle, this guy you refused to like American <laughs> Hustle. He just refused. A, a, no, I didn't. I gave that a, movie... Way more of a shot a than I give part, most movies. You did not. B. What I just said was that movie's going to be a bunch of turtles running around and blowing shit up, and that sounds cool. I'll see that. That's what I said. Which is in the line of wanting to like every movie, but, but it's about but wanting here. to like every movie on the terms of what that movie is and what that movie isn't is a badass quiet ninja movie based uh, on the trailers. Okay, when we get to what we've been watching, I'll talk about something. But okay, um, Corey Feldman was Donatello. Yes. So you're gonna you're gonna give Johnny Knoxville shit for being Leonardo? I don't think it has any weight at all until you see the performance. That's true. No, it's true. It's true. That's a good point. But Corey Feldman is awesome in everything. Always. I disagree. <laughs> I'm just so attached to the Ninja Turtles that I just I'm I feel pain in my heart. I didn't know your guys. I didn't he know was a represent. represent. Yeah. He was uh, Corey Feldman was a total dick to people at Mile High Horror Fest a few years ago. So I I'm not gonna defend any of that guy. So anyway, Brad. Hi, I'm Leonardo. Welcome to Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's news. What lame news. Was that, yeah, no, that wasn't... You know, you didn't even touch on a really big Spider-Man story. Oh. Amazing Spider-Man has 500,000 advanced copies sold. The new one. That's awesome. Man. That's yeah, good for comic no, books. No, no, it totally is. Yeah, yeah. The biggest comic book since like 1994 or something. Wow, that's like polybag era. That's back. That's back when. That's back when Marvel was going bankrupt. That's what I'm saying. When everything was like foil edition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like buy eight of these, otherwise we're going to stop. Yeah. No, it's good for the industry. Yeah, these people absolutely. still care. That's cool. Dicks. I just don't. <laughs> no, I just I don't read comic book news, so I, I I miss that stuff. I'm glad. That's why you're here. 
Ryan. That's why I like having I like this discussion because you bring me news I don't know about. Yep. Or news that you just don't care about, like the DVD releases. Remember that one time he skipped over like ten of them? No, <laughs> he's no, like, no. He's like, all right, all right, Matthew McConaughey has a new movie this week. No, it's some shit like halfway down that I didn't care about because I don't know, <laughs> uh, like, why am I supposed to care about that thing? Maybe it's other people care, James. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> what are we doing next, James? Um, I think we're doing what we've been watching. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll start. I, 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 you usually do start. No, I actually, I think the last, like, seven or eight episodes, I have not started. Yeah, I, I know. I it's defer. been weird and uncomfortable. Okay, well, I'll start then. Okay. I actually didn't watch that much this week. Good. Um, good. <laughs> um... Fuck, what did I watch this week? Oh, I got the Blu-ray of Diary of the Dead. It's, uh... Yeah. George Romero's fifth dead movie it's uh, really only the fifth one yeah you, oh, wow. you should only do one like every decade wow. um and it's still all right there's still some goofy moments in it and i think that's more of the budget and the not talented that's, actors that's the one that's found that's like found footage, found footage right? yeah, yeah. It, it has some effective moments though cool um I, I the only thing sometimes i have problems when people still like what's a zombie <laughs> stupid um <laughs> yeah and everybody knows to shoot him in the head right the, yeah. i mean that's why, that's why I, I thought it was in the balls yeah, well, <laughs> that would stop anything because it'd go, uh, uh, I don't know. That's my high zombie moan. That's all I got. <laughs> um, uh, the second thing I watched is I, I purchased the Blu-ray three-pack of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hmm. Um, I only got through the first one because I'm so busy right now. It's breaking my heart. Um, and here's the thing with the first one. I think it has identity crisis. Um, I think... The Brad's shaking his head. It's Brad's favorite movie of all time. It's amazing. Um, it's awesome. Um, not that it's it's funny because I don't think I've seen the movie in maybe uh, fifteen years. I'm not even joking. Um, it's on my DVD. Uh, it's on my TV stand, Brad. Um, <laughs> He's just gonna steal it. Don't tell him where it is. Oh, yeah. oh, his version's better than yours. Apparently. It is. That one was <laughs> that one was nine ninety nine at Walmart. <laughs> Whoa, for all three of them? Yeah. Nice. Uh, one, the Blu-ray transfer is not that good. Um, well, but that's... Turtle, Turtles in Time doesn't really count as a movie anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I mean it has identity crisis is it starts as kind of like this dark movie with people stealing things and it's shot dark. And then all of a sudden, after April O'Neil is saved from being mugged, it goes to that... <laughs> as they're, like, skateboarding, like, Hey, man, you want pizza, bro? And uh, I love the Turtles. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But it it suffers big time from, I think, identity crisis, where it takes some of these dark things, even Splinter in it, you know, he says, You must be in the shadows. And whatever, Brad probably knows it verbatim. when he Hey, that's racist. That's how he talks in it. It's showing, it's showing how dark the world is and how troubled the world is and how lighthearted the turtles are in the face of that darkness no matter what no i i, I get Pizza that and fighting um, i mean but I, I think sometimes in that movie from what i have i've read the comic books sparingly brad's read them more than i have but the comic books seem to be darker and i think they're trying to get the tone with the shredder in it but then the turtles are always lighthearted. Red, you can speak on the turtles' behalf on this one. Yeah, because that movie is them trying to adapt the comic book, which is dark, and then 
there's also the cartoon show at the yeah. time, which the kids are more familiar with. So they're blending the two together, and I think yeah. in a very successful way. <laughs> I love <laughs> that cartoon. Agreed. <laughs> just um, yeah. I mean, it's it's still a fun movie. I, it is amazing as I was watching. I haven't seen it in so long that I still remember dialogue and I remember the the story beats in it a lot. Um, I still love the part where Shredder comes out and is like his cape and uh the horrible actor guy who's the the ninja bad guy what's his name tatsu and he but he removes like his his cape so you can see the spikes on his shoulder I'm like oh fuck shredder's badass um and then i forgot that ninja vanish is in it and that's funny because um, it's horribly delivered. Um, <laughs> but there are some really cool action scenes in it. I think the fight in the antique store is really cool. Um, I, I do love the the scene where they kind of get away from everything and they're kind of being, you know, mellowed out. Um, yeah, the movie's still fun. Um, I just think it suffers from a little bit of identity crisis because of it. And I'm really hoping that Michael Bay brings the darkness of the turtles out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did you while watching it? Did you feel like you didn't understand how they could breathe with their when their mouths were closed, and that you really needed that to be cleared up a little bit yes. more? Yes. Well, okay. don't turtles breathe through their buttholes anyway? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard I, I that think, somewhere. Think, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what, what? I I did like about it is I thought the Jim Henson creature effects held up really well. Mm. Um, sometimes the their mouths weren't right in sync. But some of the expressions, and especially Splinter, was really, really good. It's really cool to see that. And that's the only thing I don't like about when you have complete CGI characters, is even though they're there, it doesn't feel like they're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I miss Muppets. There needs to be more Muppets. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fun. I I, I meant to watch all three of them um, this week, but I was so busy. Then on yesterday, I was like, you know what? I have nothing else to do tonight. I'm just going to watch all three of them tonight. And I got through the first one. I fell asleep. So I had to go back and wa- finish watching the first one. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably the shittiest movie of all our favorite movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's still fun. I, I still enjoyed it. You know. Especially when they talk about what, what they like on their pizzas. You know, the usuals. Flies, stink bugs. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great stuff. Um and the last thing I watched this week, and uh, me and James are going to talk about this. Sorry if you guys were going to spoil this. If uh, I hope you don't care. Uh, it's the season, series finale of How I Met Your Mother uh, aired. And yeah. it, it seems like it's pretty evenly split amongst people. How come every time I love a finale in a show, everybody else tells me I'm a fucking idiot? I don't know. Uh, I, I won't tell you that, James. I actually thought the finale was really good. I adore it. Um, one thing I think How I Met Your Mother does better than any other sitcom is it blends. It's funny. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I actually I fall in love with Modern Family. That's a great show. But uh, I should give it a shot. Yeah. Um, they blend the heartfelt, uh, tear-jerking moments with being funny, mm-hmm. um, and it, just watching the story unfold um, on How I Met Your Mother's finale was is really interesting because instead of it being really bottled into you know, just an hour, they did tons of flash forwarding yeah. to hit milestones in everybody's life. Um, and I thought it was really well done. I really do. Um, from Barney finding his one true love, which is his child was really touching. Yeah. That, that um, bit is fantastic. And you know, one, one of the things I've seen people gripe about is the fact that so straight up, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. Um, they spend the entire season in, in, you could argue the last two seasons building up to this wedding 
And then in the last episode, that marriage falls apart. Um, and I'm sorry, I never believed that marriage was very good anyway. Yeah. Um, so I kind of expected that in some degree. If, I, I if it too. hadn't happened, I would have thought that it was, it was just like, oh, well, well we're just trying to be nice or whatever. Um, and, and I think it was fair because it, it was trying to make you realize that these really are supposed to be the lives of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, there's heartbreaking stuff in that last episode. And it, I, I've seen a lot of people complaining that there's like not enough closure and that it didn't end the way that they wanted to and whatever bullshit they basically wanted for those people. All they had to do was start the episode with him running into the, in, into uh, the mother and then him looking at the children and going, that's how I met your mother. And then they could have rolled credits because mm-hmm. like clearly those people didn't actually want anything out of those characters in that last episode. They just wanted like him to say that line. And, and here's the thing too is what's great about the ending. Um, and again, spoil the shit out of the show. Yeah. Is the whole show is predicated on Robin and Ted's relationship. Yep. And the way that Ted puts Robin up on a pedestal throughout the whole series. Yeah. And for them to, What is really cool is I know for a fact that they filmed this ending five years ago. Yeah. Because the kids. Because the kids didn't grow. Yeah. Kids didn't grow up. So they knew how they were going to end the series. Mm -hmm. Um, For them to go that way and be bold and and for the kids to say, this is just a story about how you want to hook up with Aunt Robin. Yeah. Because and when you go back and you think about all the moments and the beats that hit in through the out the series is really Ted's confessing his love for Robin. Yeah. Because, yeah, the mom's not really in it. And even. The last season, he spends the whole time talking about how he's saving Robin and how he found this one thing for Robin. And right. and it's funny, too, because a lot of people would say, would before this ended, say, oh, he should just be with Robin. That right. should be the ending. And now then they, they give him that ending, they feel cheated. Yeah. Where I think it's actually brilliant. And I'm not going to lie, I almost cried when he came back with a blue French horn and she yeah. popped out of the window and shot just like the first episode. It was great. And I, I also disagree with the people who think that uh, that it undermines the actual mother character because yeah. I I did they they spent this season really making me love that character yeah um the my actual only complaint about it is that I wish they had spent another five minutes of him sort of you know waxing poetic about what it was like to go through her disease and her death mm-hmm. um because that they they hinted a couple episodes ago and when I realized that's what they were doing I was like this is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that they were going to do something that was going to be a little bit heart wrenching and a little bit different. Um, and so I was, I was really excited about it. The only reason that I have a problem with it is because I was already crying because of the part with Barney and they could have just killed me entirely if he had really like broken open about what it was like to lose his wife. Cause it's not like he doesn't love her. It's, mm-hmm. it's just that like they're making this point about the fact that our, our lives sort of just keep going and, mm-hmm. and, and you come in and out of each other's lives sometimes. And even though these people are friends for so long, Robin leaves for a while. Um, Ted gets married and that doesn't entirely go well. Um, but they, they get some of the things that they want out of their lives from some of the people, but not all of the things they want out of their lives from one person, which is maybe the lesson that Ted needed to learn because yeah. it's the thing that he spends eight seasons looking for is trying to complete his life using one exact person. And what he ends up getting is multiple people to fill multiple roles in his life. And that's amazing. (laughs) And no fucking other show is going to do that. 
so the the people who were writing these stupid articles, the the guy who like re-edited the show to basically cut out thirty minutes of the show, he, they don't understand, and they don't like being told stories that are interesting. They just like getting closure, and I don't think that's very character progressive. Well, and it's not even really closure. I I don't think. I think yeah. people just all they don't they just want to have. Uh, you know the the idea of like this one person. I mean, that's what people are fed all the time, and that's what they want. Yeah. They they just they want to see the same thing. They want to know that this is this is being reinforced, and like this is what it's supposed to be. And anything that steps outside those bounds um, make people uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm also. It makes me feel like people are starting to get a little bit jaded in that they when when writers do something that they don't expect. I think that now like we're all so smart and we understand story even even for people who aren't writers and aren't really into film like they understand storytelling well enough and they understand that there are writers doing it that when writers do something unexpected i think they they feel like they can see the strings being pulled and so they don't always like even if it's done really well and even if it's a really wonderful story they feel like well that's just the writers and they're just they're just trying to you know like do something unexpected so that i you know and and I think that whole mentality and the way that I watch people to react to shows like this, I don't know where that comes from, but I don't think it's any good for television or storytelling um, because it's, I, I, it's, it goes right back to that thing we've been saying for three years about wanting to like the movie. It's about being willing to give up and suspend your disbelief and, and give a little bit to the story um, because if you do, the story just works. And suddenly you learn something from it and enjoy it. No, I agree. And I, a lot of the articles I think I was reading were people who I think just watched the finale. Yeah. They didn't appreciate the show as a whole. Um, but some uh, maybe some good news for people, the sh- fans of the show, is I was reading an interview with the creator. They cut out 18 minutes of really? the finale. Yeah. I am excited to see those there's, 18 I guess minutes. there's a whole scene with uh, Robin and Ted that was cut out. That was five minutes long. I know Robin Sparkles makes another appearance. Oh, so yeah. Hopefully, yeah. it might make its way on the DVD. Still, an absolutely amazing show. It was. Um, I can't. Uh, I. Uh, it should be up tomorrow. I have. Uh, I've listed it. It will be the top ten How I Met Your Mother episodes. Aw. So it'll be fun. Uh, stay tuned for that. Cool. Um, James. Uh, so in addition to that, and since we talked about it for so long, I only have one more thing um, because my TV broke this week. So I'm waiting to get a new TV, TV. So all I could watch was like stuff. I could just stream things. And anyway, um, so I did watch this week's community, which was fucking amazing. People need to go watch that. Um, but uh, I saw for the first time Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, yeah. there, are, there are a couple of um, there are a couple of John Carpenter movies that are on my list of shame that I've never seen. Uh, and this was one that like like I know this movie is not a classic. But this was a movie that I had heard about for years and always was like, because I'm a big fan of, of movies like The Shadow, things like that. Um, and so I just thought like, okay, this is clearly one of those movies that I should have seen when I was 12 and loved ever since. Um, and that's probably still true. So that's good and bad because I don't think I loved this movie as much as I would have when I was 12. <laughs> um, but it's still pretty fun. Yeah. Like It's stupid as shit. Like this movie is dumb, but there is nothing else like it. Um, it's really a lot of fun. So basically, uh, Kurt Russell plays this truck driver who, in order to get some money for a bet, goes with this Chinese guy into Little China, 
where he runs into basically Mortal Kombat characters yep. who are like <laughs> throwing lightning around and um, and all kinds of weird shit. And um, uh, Kim Cattrall is there as a reporter who knows all about all the weird stuff happening in Chinatown. And uh, there's like some bad guy and he's old. But he's actually like a wizard from the past, and he's trying to like kill women with green eyes so he can get his body back. Or I don't know, some bullshit. Um, <laughs> Kurt Russell runs around not ever actually helping anyone. Uh, he just tends to lose his gun and get knocked out by falling rocks. Um, it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun and um, cheesy in all kinds of ways. It's got... It's it's amazing to me actually how bad some of the creature effects are considering that it's John Carpenter because like there's the there's the Wolfman thing in there that just looks like a 13 year old in a Walmart costume, <laughs> um, but I don't care. It was it was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, Blu-ray's not very interesting though, um, which is too bad. I, I wish that there was more stuff on there, but obviously it's not a movie anybody gives a shit about. So. Um, but what? It is people, a classic. Okay, good. It good. is a classic. Thank <laughs> you. Um, correct that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and it Put is not at all racist. <laughs> no, it's it's not racist. It's tongue in cheek. <laughs> they couldn't afford a better Wolfman costume because they had to pay for Raiden. So <laughs> it's expensive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. It's interesting. Quite alone. It's- I don't. I don't know if I love it as much as a movie like The Shadow, but that's way more. I don't know. Um, kind of different movies, though. No, I don't know. They're both they're both very um, sort of pulp, uh, serial inspired films. I mean, obviously, The Shadow literally is based on an old serial, um, with you know weird Asian, um, not injections, but you know stuff. In of it. course, um, Alec Baldwin. A- yeah. Asian injection. Asian yeah, Asian injections. injections. <laughs> uh, <laughs> penis boobs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's everything I watched. Guys, you watch anything of note this week? Um. Well, I, I or just recently. The the thing that I'm most excited about that I've been watching is I was revisiting the 1970s Battlestar Galactica uh, just because oh, yeah. I, I haven't watched it in, um, I don't know, since I was like a tiny child. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, I was like, hey, why not? The new series was pretty cool. Let's see how the old one was. And I was pretty surprised with... Um, like it's actually pretty decently written. I feel like it it holds up pretty well. I mean, it's obviously a lot sillier and more more seventies television and lots of more really really big hair and <laughs> it's, it's more sexist. <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty damn sexist, yeah. But um, but it's a lot. It's just a lot of fun and like um, it's really like sucked me in and it also I don't know. I I I look at the characters in the new ones so differently now especially with starbuck changing changing starbuck into a woman when when i like see starbuck and apollo's relationship in the 70s one mm-hmm. it like parts of it just i don't know it's it's weird because i'm like well i mean i could kind of see starbuck being a woman in the 70s one too because they get a little bit close sometimes and <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Um, it's, it's interesting, but, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, if you haven't seen it in a while, I really recommend revisiting it cause it's a lot of fun. Cool. 
Cool. Yeah, and I uh, we watched True Detective, so the first season. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> it honestly, like, it blew me away as far as um, new television because a lot of new television is really crappy, and this one was just well-constructed, and I'm excited for season two, so... Really awesome cinematography, awesome too, cinematography. I think. Yeah, that show's gorgeous. The only thing that was confusing for me was, in the very first episode, it opens up with, you're looking through a camera, you're looking through a recording of them getting um, um, getting interviewed, and so that led me to, in the back of my mind, I was kind of like remembering that and thinking, oh, at some point we're going to step into a future like a future future where we're now watching the recordings happen on a screen, you know, yeah. way, way past the time. Um, and that never really happened. So I'm curious as to why they chose to do that other than just that disconnect that, you know, you're not connected to the characters and then you are because you're in the room with them. So the point of view of the viewer. Well, it's not as if it. they answered like everything for us. No. Yeah. I just, it, you know, I don't know. That was just my question because in the back of my head I was like, oh, we're going to get to the future. But then, you know, it did never get there. But um, it seems like a narrative device. You know, it seems like an excuse to have a narrator. Because um, yeah, especially just, especially in a show where like one of the characters is insane um, and, and getting inside that person's head is an important part of understanding what's going on. That's probably it's a cheap trick, but I think they... From what I haven't finished the season yet, but from what I've seen, I think they do it pretty well. Well, yeah. I, I went and then after, uh, well, not afterwards, like kind of while we were watching it, I went and read uh, The Yellow King, the collection of short stories. Um, was it Robert Robert Chambers, I think? Um, and so that was that added a different dimension to watching the series too. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? No, I mean, I end up watching crappy TV sometimes <laughs> because uh, Matt won't like, let me watch things that time. are actually, yeah, like once <laughs> upon a time because I have to resort my, I paint, I'm a painter yeah, and I'm doing a competition right now. So I'm just in to paint and watch TV. He won't let me watch things that he wants to see. So I have to watch crappy things like once upon a time. See, when you say crappy things, my wife watches <laughs> Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's yeah. crappy. <laughs> I can see redeeming qualities in Once Upon a Time. Like yeah, Robert Carlyle. Yeah. Okay, oh. I will talk about it slightly. Yes, Robert Carlyle. Um, <laughs> but also, I really like that they've taken these fairy tales and they've interwoven them so all these characters like know each other and have these relationships. And that's, that's the coolest thing to me, is just seeing that. Because I'm like, oh, that was clever. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you guys that um, the Little Red Riding Hood and the Wolf, Riding Hood is the wolf. Werewolf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of weird stuff like that, but I mean, come on. Like animals having sex with people. Animal instinct comes out, and that'd be sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a show on HBO called The Fairy Tale Fuck Fest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't. Have you seen the poster for Wolf Cop? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome hobo with a shotgun style movie. Awesome. That was fantastic. Hobo, hobo with a shotgun? Oh, yeah. God, I loved that. It's my number one movie of 2011. That's so good. <laughs> Cinematography in that as well. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Really good colors. Brad, what have you watched this week? Uh, actually, rewatched Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> no fucking way! Because <laughs> I fell asleep uh, during the midnight showing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, I got, so I checked to see what I missed, and I didn't miss much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably yeah. got knocked out by a falling rock, just like Kurt Russell did. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the first thing I watched, um, other than that, was a movie called Dark Horse. I've heard of this, but I can't remember what it is. Uh, it's basically zero charisma, only weirder. Yeah. <laughs> Same one. Zero charisma. I know James. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Zero charisma. It's a oh oh. You guys yeah, haven't seen zero I'm charisma. Surprised you guys don't know oh about shit! It. You should. You need to go see it. zero charisma. Is about a, a DM who. It's yeah. probably yeah. It's probably at the bottom of the Blu-ray list that James didn't oh, is say. It new? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's seriously not. <laughs> yeah. Is it new? Uh, um, it had one showing at the C Film Center. <laughs> Couple months ago, um, it was it was it was released. Uh, <laughs> it was produced by the Nerdist Network. Yeah, it was released last year by the Nerdist, so you could you could watch it like oh, online. Oh, is that like is that. it like a short? Um, or no, a I movie? think I think it was originally like based on a short, and then they turned uh, the Nerdist turned it into a, a full length film. Who who's um, in it? I can't remember. No. No, no, there's no like, name. There's no one. Yeah. No one or you was, know who was attached. That's not the one that. What's his? What was that guy's name? Ryder um, Strong? That's not the one that he... I don't Ryder, think you know, so. Ryder Strong, dude from Boy Meets World? Um, he he did a, a short, and I know... Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't remember. I'm just talking out of my ass right now. But anyway. Well, yep. I don't think I'd relate to that movie, because my characters, uh, they never have zero charisma. So. There are no women. <laughs> uh, there are no High women. At all. Oh, no, there is one There's one woman in the entire film. Yeah, but she's yeah. a hipster. Oh, and his mom. And his mom. Yeah, yeah. So there's two. Um, so, yeah, that movie did not make room for characters like yours. So, I'm sorry. Mine are, mine are crafty, and they always have that charisma. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking role-playing. Yeah. Let's just be clear. <laughs> uh, anyway, Brad, what else did you see? Anyway, so, Dark Horse <laughs> yeah. is the movie we were actually talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Zero Charisma, there's this, uh, like, uh, Dungeons, and, Dungeons and Dragons obsessed, you know, DM, um, trying to maintain actually, the status quo actually within he, his group. He's uh, he is not playing Dungeons and Dragons. He has made up his own game. Okay, he's made up his own game, <laughs> a tabletop game. Yeah, and they lose a player. So in their efforts to gain a player, he just picks this guy he meets at the uh, game store who seems interested, but he doesn't do like, do like a background check. And it, uh, <laughs> as the movie goes on, you start to realize that this guy's kind of screwing with them out of iron, like irony, like hipster, like, oh, these guys are hilarious. I'm going to like make fun of them and, and infiltrate their group. Um, and he sees this, but the other players don't see it. Sorry, Ryan's talking. Sure. <laughs> Ryan's ordering drinks. Okay. All I heard was my wife's pregnant and drank three of them today, and I was like, <laughs> she's been drinking? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, most of the movie uh, is about the the DM losing his mind, and he's kind of kind of a jerk, because like, he's so, so obsessed with his game that he can't like uh, even be nice to his own friends. And that's all familiar. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's all to say that Dark Horse is a similar premise, only instead of uh, gaming, this guy's a big action figure collector. And so um, he'll go into Toys R Us and be like, he has this 
Lord of the Rings figure that he opened up and he wants to return it because it's like the paint scratched on his leg. Um, and of course they want to return it because it's been opened and he, thanks. <laughs> Ryan just sprayed me with soda. Ah, fresca all over my face. Citrusy. Yeah. Mm. That wasn't what it was. Um, Original oh, citrus. Penis boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Should I just move on? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I feel like I you're trying to get me movie. to just pass on all these and so just move on. <laughs> yeah, he still lives with his parents. Christopher Walk Christopher Walken is his dad. Uh Mia Farrow is his mom. Um like he'll Man, count he drives a well Hummer. Off. He's a really Walken like is in this? Yeah. Um he I, works at I some really kind of uh like data processing company. No. Yeah, it's, it's working. I got two more movies to go, so let's make this episode longer. <laughs> it's what, after midnight already? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, it's this immature guy who collects figures, and um, he won't move on with his life, and then all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, I realized that he's talking to characters that may not even be real. Um, I I totally lost, like, as it, as it went on... Uh, it's it's a weird, it's a t- Todd Salon's movie which I've I've watched storytelling before and it's like some st- stuff seems real and then suddenly it's like very um, mind bending surreal surreal uh, so that was weird yeah <laughs> but it was like oh was it, cool was action it good? figure collector movie yeah worth seeing uh, I, sure. I guess I can spoil it. He dies at the end. What the fuck? <laughs> but it's it sounds awful. I was when you said I think I can go ahead and spoil it. I was expecting you to say like, oh, he's going insane, or oh yeah, some of these people aren't real. Not oh, and then he dies. He might be going insane. But it's funny because there's this part where he's trying to uh, like early on in the movie. There's this wedding, and he meets Selma Blair, whatever her character's name is, um, and she's uh, very awkward. And then later. Um, like he right away proposes to her and she's messed up for some reason that I couldn't figure out. Selma Blair. Yeah. Um, so she says, okay. And then, you know, they meet the parents or whatever. And then she's like distraught because she has a secret to tell him. And it turns out she has hepatitis B and, uh, (laughs) later on the movie, (laughs) he gets into a car accident (laughs) and they're all talking about like, Oh, well, it affects your liver, but it'll probably, you know, like, it's one out of a million chance. But when he gets in the car accident, like, he's all sick and stuff. So he, the hepatitis B causes him to, like, turn yellow and he dies. And, like, there's all these, like, weird, like, after death scenes where he's talking to Donna Murphy. I don't. Does he does, have his toys in his yeah, like, does he afterlife? Yeah, no. does he go to Toy Heaven? <laughs> He goes to, I think, his house again and dances with her. It's a land of broken transformation. Did you, did you learn anything from the movie? Dream? <laughs> I, might, I fall asleep during a lot of movies, perhaps. Yeah, is this a dream yeah. you had while watching Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Dark Horse. I don't know. Weird. I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea. And then I watched, because uh, I was watching Family Ties, so it's like other Michael J. Fox movies you might like. Um, so Teen I Wolf. The- <laughs> I did watch Teen Wolf a few weeks ago, and that's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Not as cool as people said it was. Um, (laughs) No, I watched The Hard Way, which is... Nope. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about a Clint Eastwood It's Hard Something, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Target. Hard. That's a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Hard. Hard. 
Van Damme. Hard, hard times. At, I hard don't know. Times hey, this Richmond is James High. Woods. James Woods is a James cop. Woods. Hmm? Well, it's called the hard way then. Yeah. Um, so hey, what's the fought? hard way about? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to describe it. <laughs> I'm going to be here all night. <sighs> I'm going to do the third one. Screw you. <laughs> The hard way is Michael J. Fox is an actor and he wants to get this really awesome cop part. And then James Woods is a cop who is a real hard ass and he doesn't have time for this bullshit of an actor following him around trying to research his role. Meanwhile, he's trying to stop the party crasher who is Stephen Lang um, at his weirdest. And um, he's committing random murders where he comes to parties and kills kills people. Oh, shit. Uh, so they're trying to track him down and um, this movie's re- uh, retarded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So be- better or worse than Teen Wolf? Uh, God, they are very equal. Uh, <laughs> better or worse than Dark Horse? Uh, God, because I fell asleep that during this one like five <laughs> times and had to rewatch it over and over again. Better or worse than end. Big Trouble in Little China? Uh, I watched it's gotta be of... worse. Big Trouble. It's gotta be worse terrific. than Big Trouble Come in Little China. Now. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. They're all kind of in the same realm. Like, <laughs> when will I watch a good movie again? You're just tearing my heart apart right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't. I'm sorry. Being, yeah. Um, I, tr- uh, I feel like I had something important to say about The Hard Way, but now I can't remember it because you've derailed me so much. No, that's a movie that I think... There's no car in it. No. I have no idea what Ryan's talking about. Christine? Are you talking about Christine? There's this giant, creepy um, Michael J. Fox billboard, 3D billboard, because uh, he plays uh, the his big role in the movie. I forget what his name is, but it's Gun something. Um, so he his next movie, before he does the cop movie, there's he's like um, an Indiana Jones type, and there's this billboard where he's smoking, it's the creepiest thing, and it's I think it's fucking real. Like it's not like a uh, a matte painting. Like the climax takes place on it in the movie. Like people are falling off the hat, um, and yeah, Michael J. Fox gets shot on it. And it's the the girlfriend does, falls does, on the cigarette and it breaks and falls onto a car. It's like seems like a way high budget thing. Spoilers: Does he die? Who? Michael J. Fox. No, he makes it. Okay. And he, he the the climax is almost like Last Action Hero. Uh, James Woods is sitting in the theater, like watching it, and one of his, uh, you know, he's telling Michael J. Fox er- off early in the movie. He's describing what it's like to be a cop and how it's not great, and uh, he uses that line in the movie. And so the ending of the movie is just James Woods going like, "What the hell? I I, I said that line." And people are like, "Shh." Oh, LL Cool J says, shh. <laughs> Which is ironic that a black person is shushing. The best delivery. The <laughs> best delivery that LL Cool J has ever done of a line in a yeah. movie ever. And then it goes, shh. Michael J. Fox says the line, then walks off into the, like, on the screen into this, like, the darkness of the subway. And then the credits come on, and the credits are the actual director of the movie, and then an LL, LL Cool J song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, that ended is, abruptly. Is that, I the, thought, is that the only point that LL Cool J is in the movie? No, he's there earlier, like, joking oh, around because okay. James Woods <laughs> says... Shoot, I thought, like, LL Cool J was just hanging out on just set. Just a cameo, no. no he, he's, Shut up, James Woods! He's, he's another cop, and James Woods sets up this 
elaborate ruse to, like to get rid of Michael J. Fox by staging uh, a scenario which at any point could go horribly wrong, but luckily everything goes exactly as planned and Michael J. Fox kills a guy. <laughs> well, he thinks he does. And so that like convinces him like, okay, I'll cover this up if you just go back to Los Angeles. And then for some reason he's like, oh, I forgot something and goes back to the station. And then here's all the other cops going like, yeah, that's hilarious. You know, we totally got him. Yeah, including cops the guy he shot. That trick. I know. It's a dirty trick. I have time for this. And then Delroy Lindo's the police captain, like the typical police captain, like you're, you, know, you cost the city ten million dollars. <laughs> uh, but uh, in, uh, instead of like listening to James Woods' like complaints, like he keeps going back to him, and then like the police chief has like uh, a Michael J. Fox's character's like movie jacket and stuff. Like he's clearly being paid off. <laughs> Um, by like signing stuff for his kids and things. Yeah. It's goofy. I don't know. It's, uh, the second unit director is Rob Cohen who directed the oh. Fast and the Furious movies. So, yeah. um, little, yeah, gotta start somewhere. And the last thing I saw finally is, uh, Harold and Maude. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my favorite movies yeah. ever. I, I, it's of uh, the list. It's the best one. Um, although <laughs> it, it is very weird. Um, yeah. and unusual. Awesome. And I was a little tired of the Cat Stevens soundtrack, especially yeah. the oh, one song out. that gets played over and over again. I'm tired of crying because he's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I was tired of wiping tears on my eyes. How many times did you fall asleep? None, actually. I was totally into this one. Um, really? And the That's thing I win. got out of it is like, here's this kid who's obsessed with death, and he meets someone who's obsessed with life, and it turns him into a person who appreciates life until unfor- the unfortunate end. But uh, he did grow a little he bit. He dies? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you Someone not seen else it? does. No, I've I've seen it. Oh, I've seen okay. it. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was good. It was it was almost like a Wes Anderson movie if he yes. embraced death. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. It's very reminiscent. Yeah. Yeah. Or not reminiscent. It's you know how much Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson is sort of reminiscent of them. Yeah. Of Harold Mod. If you people yeah. have not seen Harold and Mod, you must. It's okay. It's the so, best it's romantic so comedy I, ever. The part where he written. actually bangs the old lady is weird, but yes. they're that's not like, related, so I'm hot. okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good love story. Well, I was, first clever. I was like, ew. Then I was like, well, you know. <laughs> not everything has to love. fit into like a certain bubble, so at least they weren't related. <laughs> it wasn't his grandma, you know. Oh, ew. Yeah. Penis boobs. <laughs> See, and that's us. So we, who are we to judge? <laughs> yep. Cool. So the one great movie Brad talked about for like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the shitty movies. <laughs> where do you? I was going to ask. Where do you find movies like Dark Horse? I don't understand where you find shitty movies like this. It's called Netflix, and you don't watch it. Yeah, because Netflix has horrible uh, streaming video. Like a year ago, they used to have awesome B-movie horror movies, like the horror show that you can't find anywhere. But don't you, you on it. don't you like rate your movies so it tells you, you know, like, you're probably going to hate this movie, so don't watch it? I forget to rate them. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to the comic book corner. James, enlighten us. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. So this one seems a little bit obvious. Um, so you should go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Um, talk to Andrew. And talk to Andrew. You'll get My 10% boy. off of your trades. And you should go and pick up a trade of Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yes. And when you do, 
you should also pick up The Red Menace, which is the book that comes right after it. Um, so Winter Soldier is issues 1 through 14, uh, and then uh, Red Menace is like 15 through 17 or something like that. Um, and it sort of actually continues some of the Winter Soldier story beyond mm. what is in the, the sort of prime um, and picks up on some of the cooler elements, I think, of the actual Winter Story arc with the like the business dude who has Red Skull in his brain, um, and that story sort of goes somewhere. And basically, the Red Menace, who is this like, I don't know, he's called the Red Menace, so it's pretty self-explanatory. He wears like a weird mask, and he's evil, and he goes and he kills people. Um, and he and I believe like Red Skull's granddaughter are running around um, killing people. And uh, Captain America is on the search trying to find the Winter Soldier um, because he's R-U-N-N-O-F-T. And um, they sort of go on their little adventure and keep running into each other. And it's a, it's a really cool story. It, it gives you more of uh, the background on the Winter Soldier and how he got to where he is. Um, and it's just badass Captain America. Like, it's really good Ed Brubaker Captain America story. Um, and the action's cool and the intrigue is, is fantastic. So go pick up both of those. But when you pick up Winter Soldier, pick up Red Menace as well. As well, because everybody talks about uh, Winter Soldier, but... Nobody remembers to to add Red Menace to the end of it. So, have you ever read that one as well? Yeah, it's yeah. one of those comics I picked up uh, on accident. Actually, I uh, what's great about Andrew and this is when it came out years ago. Yeah, is I, I just said, uh, "Is New Captain America good?" Sure. So I picked it up and I started reading it, and it was a Winter Soldier's story. <laughs> uh, my favorite actual story from that arc is the one where the Nomad is assassinated in it. And it's really, really good because yeah. whatever happened to James Monroe, I think's his president's name. I think that's yeah. something like that. That's his real name, and it's how he became a, a drifter. And then the Winter Soldier is like hunting him down. It's pretty good. Cool, very cool. cool. Yeah, people should go check that out. So this week we went and saw Captain America: The Winter Soldier. We'll we'll defer to the guests, guys. Should we go see? Should people go see? We've already seen it. Yes. <laughs> Captain America. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty badass. Um, it was much better than the first one, which I wasn't too crazy about. Um, it was just, I mean, you know, the the story is just kind of what you expect from a comic book movie. But, the, I mean, it was some of the best action sequences I've seen in a movie in a long time. It was just, it was, it was well done and a lot of fun. Brad, should people go see Captain America? Uh, yes, they should, and a lot of the same reasons he just said. Although I think the title is a bit of an uh, inappropriate. I think it should be called The Rise of Hydra or something. Uh, I, I disagree. You fucking... Oh, god damn it. Um, <laughs> so, uh... Oh, sorry, Ryan, you have to ask me if I should go... If you, James? Yeah, um... So, I'm obviously completely unbiased. Um, so, like, I was... I was going to love this movie. So the question is like, how much did I love this movie? Yeah, this movie's fucking incredible. Uh, and I love the hell out of it. And even some of the like naysaying I had heard sort of going in where I was like, oh, okay, maybe this part won't be quite as good. I don't see it. I, you know, maybe I'm completely blind, but I, I think this movie is absolutely fantastic and everyone should go see it. Yeah. Yeah. This movie's awesome. Um, I think Chris Evans is maybe one of the better, uh, superhero actors out there who doesn't get a lot of credit for what he does yep um but here's a trailer for the winter soldier most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists but 
ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. He's a ghost. You'll never find him. I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. to protect people. Captain, to build a better world sometimes means tearing the old one down. And that makes enemies. step people are gonna die I can't let that happen Captain America needs my help when do we start we just did the price of freedom is high and it's a price I'm willing to pay. You told me not to trust anyone. This is how it ends. Everything goes. Looks like you're giving the orders now, Captain. Damn right. guys from the bad guys if they're shooting at you they're bad Yeah, the action in this movie is off the charts amazing. The first fight between the Winter Soldier and Cap is, oh my gosh. I just want to watch Captain America kick people across rooms all day. <laughs> like, I don't know what they did to make kicking dudes across the room so cool, but every time he does it, it's awesome. Well, what's cool, too, is they, it, you know, the opening of the movie is him running around the National Mall at, in Washington, D.C., Yeah, and, you know, it kind of establishes his bond with uh, the Falcon, and then you realize that he's training for the mission that they're about to show you that he goes to where he's jumping on a ship and running on the edge of the ship and just kicking the shit out of people, you know, really hard kicking them, making them fly off the edge of the ship. Yeah, and, uh, it was so cool. It was great. Yeah, and the the, the car chase uh, with Nick Fury was awesome. Too. Yeah. That was, oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I was... I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I always love a good car chase as long as they don't shake the camera around too much. Yeah. Which, because they do that a lot in action now. Yeah. And they didn't do that in this. And it was just, it just really enhanced the action for me. You're right. Because, you know, a lot of times I think they don't, people don't let the action breathe. Yeah. Where it's cut, 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 cut. And if you just let it breathe, it builds up the suspense. It lets you kind of see what's kind of happening. And I think that's a lost art. And talk about two uh, two guys who came from, you know, sitcoms and they knew exactly what they wanted to do and they delivered one hell of a movie yeah, yeah. you know and i mean speaking of that though i was i was a little bit disappointed when he was when it was like him one-on-one with the winter soldier because i felt like it got a little bit too quick with a lot of the cutting mm-hmm. and it got a little bit more shaky 
and I guess the, I, they were trying to add more intensity and drama, but for me, it kind of di- distracted a little bit from mm. the fighting, and I wanted to see more of the the style of fighting and action that they sh- showcased more in the rest of the movie. So, what yeah. the, Oh, sorry, go ahead. One of the things that I really liked about this movie was the use of technology, because a lot of times these movies will be like, oh, we can use futuristic technology. Let's go above and beyond and make completely ridiculous things that we're like, what? How does that even work? <laughs> and in this movie, I was like, everything is supporting the cast, supporting the movie, supporting the storyline in a realistic like way and not taking the place of the acting. Mm-hmm. So I was really impressed by that. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool to see Robert Redford, because you know, yeah. when, he, when he was in the movie and you heard he was in it, you're... Oh, he's going to be in it for like five or ten minutes. And then to know that he's one of the main characters in it and just yeah. on there the whole time is just uh, is really cool. Back to the uh, to the action stuff. What's, it is kind of interesting because there, there are times, and, and even in the in that opening scene with the running around on the deck of the ship, um, where, where everything felt so close that you get – I sort of got that Transformers effect where like I couldn't quite tell what was going on in some of the actions, like you were saying. Yeah. And it's a really weird fine line because, of course, with a with a with a Born Ultimatum kind of movie, um, you've got that shaky cam thing. But but part of the fun of the action is that you you are able to very clearly follow the movements like a dance, and so it's really thrilling. And here, because yeah, because of that quick cutting stuff, like you you can't quite always see what's going on, and it takes away from the effect of like how badass Captain America is. So the coolest fight scenes are like when he's like that that pulled back fight with the uh, with like the just burly dude on the ship, like the the leader of yeah. the of the dudes, right? Um, who gets him to like put the shield down, you know, on the ship at the end. Like that's one of the coolest hand to hand fights in the movie. Um, just because of the way they just put the camera there, and then you just watch those two dudes fight back and forth across that thing, and then like Cap does that cartwheel thing and like double kicks his face or whatever <laughs> shit, and it's just cool. Oh man! And you know the Black Widow and Captain America had some great moments together too. Yeah, uh, it's kind of cool to see that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I have a clip here of Black Widow and Captain America being espionage-ish, spy-ish. What would you call it? I don't know. Aspegians. Sure. (laughs) Natasha, what's your status? Status, Natasha. Hang on! And your room's secure. That's a, it's a cool relationship because I was really afraid they were gonna like go all romancy on it, um, they and they do, they totally don't. Um, they keep that very safe. Yeah, that um, was that was nice that they did. Yeah, because I, I was I was concerned about the same thing. So. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that I kind of took a step back when it happened in the movie, and I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I liked that, was how quickly they went from. Like, here's the storyline, it's developing, and then suddenly, Nazis, Hydra. Yeah. I was like, ho! Like, that was, the transition was like, (laughs) they flipped a switch, and suddenly this huge conspiracy, like, worldwide conspiracy. They they flip a switch, and there's a brain in a box, and you went, whoa! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay! So that was a little abrupt for me. Huge exposition scene. Yeah. 
but huge. But I don't care that much because there's a brain in a box. <laughs> like it's yeah. There was a moment too where it felt a little bit contrived and preachy when they were you know talking about like oh no America. People want to be like watched and told what to do, and yeah. and then they show like a picture of a satellite and like a uh, uh, like traffic camera. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dreaded traffic camera! Yeah, <laughs> you don't want your freedom anymore. So that 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 was the only moment where I was kind of like, Ugh. yeah. But and it's it's kind of too bad because Cap and Fury have that talk early in the movie, and it's maybe the most intelligent and interesting conversation in the movie. Like that that scenes really strong and was part of why I was really excited about this movie because Captain America is never more fun than when he doesn't really like America that much. Yeah. Like there's just, there's really cool moment when, when he's not Captain America, when he goes to be the Patriot or when he and Nick Fury are fighting, like it's just interesting because at least then, you know, Captain America is this character that when you, when you don't know about Captain America, you think like he's this cheesy, you know, Wonder Woman-esque kind of character who is more about his, the icon- iconography than really about the character. Um, and then when you get into really understanding him um, and you see that dynamic, it, it makes it really interesting. And so that, that to me was my favorite little piece of dialogue in the whole movie. Um, I wish there was more of that. Like I was kind of disappointed that Nick Fury got shot and was out of the movie for so long um, because I was like, no, I, I want Nick Fury and Captain America to fight more. Like, I don't want them to agree. I like it when they don't agree. You know, it's funny, too, watching it, um, because I'm so familiar with the Winter Soldier story, Yeah, that I just took for granted that everybody knew who the Winter Soldier was. Really? There was gasps in the yeah. theater. You can hear it like a yeah. wave went through the theater. It's Bucky. Yeah. It's Bucky. I, I thought, I was like, because oh, it, they didn't do a very good cause, job cause of this. Because they even over the head where, saying, you know, they're saying, yeah. oh, Bucky Barnes. But I realized I'm maybe one of <laughs> ten people that really know the story of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been really careful because, like, they've, I feel like they've almost showed too much in the trailers. Like, I keep seeing it being like, that's clearly Bucky in the trailers. And then, and so I, I'm afraid that, like, my parents will figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I told them even recently, like, because they, um. So the most recent episode of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that it ended with they cut to, like, right after, right before he makes, in, in the car chase with Nick Fury, right before he makes those two cop cars, like, go into the intersection and get hit by the truck. So they cut to that and played all the way through to when um, the Winter Soldier blows up his, his truck, right? And then they cut to black and went to commercial because that show... Um, so that the one bad guy, like the bald guy, Mm -hmm. um, he's actually from the show Mm -hmm. and has been in the show for a little while now. And so they're, they're, you know, crossing paths with this movie and that's where they did. Um, and when they did that, I was like, this is, you guys should stop watching anything about this movie because they're going to tell you. And then it was really cool to hear all the people in the theater go like, Oh "Oh, wow. All right, man. I thought, I thought they were being way too obvious, but one of the little details that I liked about this was just the sound effects that the Winter Soldier's arm made. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yes, this is so great. Yeah, he, said, he kind of sounds like a small Transformer. Yeah. But one thing I was disappointed in, and this is, again, just a small detail, was um, when the guy who like oversees, I guess, the security guard at night who oversees the Captain America's outfits, 
and that one's missing. Oh, yes. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get fired. I really wanted it to show up later because Captain America is such a good guy. I wanted him to just, <laughs> oh. the guy to come back to work like two days later and the, he'll be like, whew, I didn't lose my job. I don't that know. That would have been a great stinger. <laughs> I just, I, I, I saw it in my head. And yeah. I was like, and then I was like waiting for it and I was like, damn it. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one, because that's, that's Stan Lee. <laughs> That's Stan Lee's little cameo in this one. And so it would have been great if in the stinger, like Cap, Cap just walks up to Stan Lee's like, here, this is yours. I need to give this back. And then walks off. He's a good guy. Like, yeah. I don't want the guy to lose his job. Yeah, that would have been really good. He borrows things. Yeah. Yes. Borrowed. He made a point of saying that. We borrowed this truck. Oh, yeah. Get your feet off it. That was really good. So re-edit the movie. and Mm. then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. So um, Old Betty. Kind of weird. That was a little weird. That confused was, me, actually. It was bizarre. Like, at first, I was like, holy shit, this is really good. It's Peggy. And then every now... Oh, sorry, Peggy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every now and then, it would get weird. It wasn't quite as good as, really? like... I yeah, really I thought notice. so. Yeah. When like, she, she got, like... They were having a conversation, and then there was one transition where she looks at him, and she's like, oh, it's you, and it's all, like, weird and lovey. Well, I just didn't, like... And oh, no, I she's got, got really, Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. that's what I thought, but then what, she was calling him by his name as well. Yeah. So I got confused because I was like, usually an Alzheimer's person would be like, oh, I don't know who, who I think she is, just like forgot that, you know. That they had already been visiting. Yeah. See, I missed that. I think it was that. just a poor portrayal of Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, but oh. uh, but the makeup was or creepy. Dys- or dyslexia. Yeah. Well, it was, well it, it's clearly no, CGI. Yeah. Um, oh, well, uh, But it's one of those things where like. As amazing as uh, small Steve Rogers is in the right. first movie, he's more amazing here. And this was like, what they did is incredibly difficult. And I think they did an amazing job. And, and at times it looks real. But every now and then she just moves in a way that like, I don't know, it just, it threw me off a little bit. Her I hands think it also helps. great. Yeah. I think, I think also they, they forgot to make her, like her eyes are too young. Like, yeah, I was thinking that's yeah, and then her teeth are perfectly white. <laughs> if she was really old, they'd be all messed up. Yeah, so. well, some of us brush our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, uh, uh, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think because they did, I don't think that they did like old person makeup and then CGI'd it to make it move a little bit more realistic. I think that they like used her face and then just CGI'd an old face on it, which is probably where it breaks. Where if they just if they just touched it up with CG, I, I think they, because that CG is so freaking good, I think they probably could have made something that was completely convincing. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like some of the some some of the way her lips would move sometimes. It, I don't know. It was weird. And I agree um, with the eyes. I was thinking that as I was yeah. watching it. The eyelids. They still seemed young. Yeah. 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 Too tight and not thin. I can probably hear the animators being like, well, if we mess with her eyes, people won't know who this is. Because that, yeah. you know. And they probably, was, someone was probably like, oh, at least keep her pretty, you know, <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. At least make sure she's a hot old lady. But she's yeah. not my grandma. Hey, we talked about Harold, Harold and Maude as yeah. hot old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> he was erotic. Um, yeah, the movie's great. And so I was saying earlier about it being called The Winter Soldier, and I feel like The Winter Soldier is a B story in this movie. Um, it's, it's not the title. It's about the return of Hydra. Yeah, I, I, could, I, I could see that. It is not really the 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 overarching focus it's more of just this it's it's kind of i mean it's important to captain america obviously but it's a lot less important to the world so i guess it just depends on 
you know, because the Winter Soldier is the platform for Hydra's return. Yeah, and you and you had to keep Hydra a secret, you know, because uh, you didn't know that they were part of it. Yeah, I, I think there there are two arguments here. One, which is the the easy marketing one of comic book fans love the Winter Soldier, and you put that on the title. Like a movie at some point needed to be called Captain America: The Winter Soldier. It might as be the one where you have this intrigue where who is the Winter Soldier. Um, and the other reason is the Winter Soldier kind of works as sort of a as a metaphor for um, the fact that Captain America's past is not really behind him, and that the 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 things that he thought died way back when are still eking around. And in the same way that Bucky Barnes is still around, so is Hydra. Um, it's it's a weak argument, but well, know. it's also a dark it's past. A, it's a cooler title than Rise of Anything. Yeah, <laughs> Rise or yeah. Return or I. Yeah, call it Captain America 2 before you call it anything else. Yeah, they, it, oh, sorry. No, I was, was going to say, it's also like a really dark past, so it's kind of showing that yeah. haunting of him because Captain America does kind of... Um, he never shows, like... he's. I mean, he's been in war. Yeah. He was in so much war and saw so much bloodshed that that never really occurs to you when you see him because his character is so yeah. strong and whatever. So having that... Um, as kind of his opposite and almost his weakness, I think is s- strong. I wish there had been one more scene of that too. Like, cause especially because they made the, the Falcon into uh, this guy who like not, not preaches, but speaks at, uh, at VA meetings and stuff like that. Um, I wanted one more really good Steve Rogers deals with who he is and what yeah, he does. I was hoping that was going to happen too. And I was it's, expecting it to, it's probably on the cutting room floor. I mean, the the movie's too tight and has way too much stuff going on that I bet, I bet there's a scene there somewhere. Um, we may never see it, but uh, it just it seemed like they built it up and there they had all the pieces there. The, the fact that we didn't ever get that conversation is weird. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think one of the thing my favorite things why the uh, Captain America might be my favorite Avenger. Sorry, Iron Man, <laughs> <laughs> is that he's this character who's lost. Yeah. He doesn't have a place in the modern world. And he's constantly so, trying to find it. Would you say he's a man out of time? <laughs> Obviously, yes. <laughs> trying to find new ways of saying it. <laughs> um, and I think uh, what you said before is like having all this Hydra and the Winter Soldier coming back actually gives him a place in the world. Like yeah. something he can uh, connect to. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's cool how he's just kind of lost and like, what should I do? I, I don't even trust the government I work for. Um, and now I have things I recognize and can uh, fight against. Yeah. He doesn't even know whether or not he should see Rocky too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's yeah. read the whole list, so i got to watch it again. Because yeah, I was focused on the Rocky he, too. He watched Star Wars, though. He did? Yeah, yeah, he has seen Star Wars, but he hasn't seen Star Trek yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did he have like a yay or nay on the list like star wars awesome or no, it was no just i like don't think so i think they were just crossed off yeah. was he like oh this but is exactly what i'm dealing with right now <laughs> like all this technology uh, yeah i actually didn't like uh black widow's speech there at the end in front of the when she's like you can't oh, yeah. arrest us because you need us i was like they could have made that so much more clever and interesting yeah. and yeah so i was a little like ah. agreed can't out out Tony Stark, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. It totally is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been sweet. I kept on waiting for a freaking Robert Downey Jr. appearance in that. Yeah. I guess that was something I was thinking, is that he built those 
those propellers that propelled the the machines up in the air he would have a little trigger that would just turn him off because that's Tony Stark. <laughs> He'd be like, whatever, bitches, like, I control this, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, he made the new uh, propulsion system on him. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really just based on his repulsor yeah. race. But, but if, I was, yeah. they, they I if he was involved, he would have a trigger. I he feel like they kept kind of setting stuff up like that. Like, oh, oh, Tony Stark's going to be in it. Yeah. And then, like, it didn't happen. Like, I... I I got that feeling a lot through the film. I was like waiting for this something to happen that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, it's weird that we have to remember that Iron Man has retired at this point in the story. Right. So they're tech like Iron Man's not going to show up. Theoretically, there are no suits right now. Theoretically. No, I know. I'm just saying like as far as him showing up and saving there the are other avengers though like thor could swoop in he's still got powers to like take out nope thor's busy a global they were sleeping i guess nope I guess, thor's yeah. busy it, it, it's, just, it's just weird when there's like a global catastrophe about to happen like this one and yeah but yeah but thor is keeping entire galaxies together huh? um we don't know where the hulk is yeah, he's back in south but america or this, this goes back to that whole that same question that's always true for the <laughs> avengers is that like when they go off and have their own adventures they're all having their own adventures at the same time so, like, while this is happening, Iron Man, like, just finished fighting the Mandarin, you know, um, and the Hulk is trying to fight. Uh, we should get a map out and make little circles yeah. of, like, this is where this fight's going yeah. on, this is where this fight's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, right. Yes, 20 million people are about to be targeted by this thing, but Tony Stark doesn't know about it because he's busy saving the day from the Mandarin. All the bad shit happens at one time. And well, there's that, only enough heroes well, to save them all. How would Tony Stark know? Because it's a huge conspiracy, and Captain America figured exactly. It out. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> Captain America wasn't even allowed to trust anybody, yeah. which includes Iron Man, because Iron Man might be in on this too. Bam, <laughs> he could be a scroll. We don't know what. And I, you know what? I'll take that for Captain America throwing a shield and taking down a whole jet. Because yes. Was... <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh man, uh, what the hell are we seeing next week? I don't even know what comes out. I have no idea. Yeah, we're seeing a movie. Do you want to look it up? Like the olden days? Remember when we used to just, like, the end of the show with some dead silence while I looked up what's coming up next <laughs> yeah. week? I want to say it's some action movie, but I don't remember. Uh, the oh, Rio draft 2. Day. Draft Day and Rio 2 are come out. It's not really Draft Day, is it? We're it not is. saying Draft Day. April 11th. I, I don't want to see Draft Day. It's Kevin Costner. It can't be that bad. I don't want to see dra- It looks like cheap Moneyball. So you want to see Rio 2 instead? Yeah, so we'll see Rio 2. Uh, can we go see Noah? Um, we go see Sabotage. Yeah. Uh, wow, there's really nothing. We go see Joe. Joe. I could go see Grand Budapest. That does sound good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see a movie. I'm sure. Oh man, things are gonna get shitty because the week after that is uh, uh, Heaven is for Real. I mean uh, Transcendence. Hmm. Man, uh, it's all downhill after Captain America. Yeah, till Spidey. All right. Yeah. Wow, is it really that close? Wow. How do we uh how do we see you guys online? One last time before uh, we go. One die short dot com. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter as well. One die short everywhere. Sweet. Thank you so much for coming Thanks by. Thanks for coming by. Thanks Thank for having us. This has been us. really fun. Yeah. Good. It was awesome. Thank you. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Captain America's awesome. <laughs>Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. 
You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.